is a battle going on today for the heart and soul of America, and the right side must win. It's time for America Can We Talk with Debbie Georgiatis. On America Can We Talk, we talk truth about America and why it matters to you. America Can We Talk starts now. And good evening. Welcome. I'm Debbie Georgiatis. I'm so glad you tuned into my show tonight. And I'm so happy to be talking to you live and in person. Um, I rarely pre-record this show. I did pre-record the last two weeks. It's great to be back in studio. want to welcome our listeners, of course, in Dallas on 660 AM and also our listeners in Phoenix, Arizona and Colorado Springs. Thank you so much for tuning in to America Can We Talk and to tonight's First Five. There's been so much news relating to the ongoing um, investigation by, by the special counsel Mueller and uh, what has happened in Washington related to that. And I want to start tonight with commending, and our first five tonight, commending a small group of Republicans in the United States Congress who decided to send a letter of referral to the Department of Justice. I'm going to try to hit, and these, uh, this, this is probably the most important of the three stories I want to hit to start with in the show tonight. But what happened, and I want to be clear what these are, this is a letter from members of Congress, elected members of Congress, to the Department of Justice referring, which is sending a letter to the Department of Justice saying, we think you, Department of Justice, need to investigate the following people for the following crimes. It's called a letter of referral. I first want to praise the organizer of this within Congress. It's Representative Ron DeSantis, Republican of Florida, 10 other lawmakers, and I'm going to tell you their names because it is a very brave thing. This is, of course, the media is going just nuts at these people, and they, these are people who've decided to step up. And I'm going to tell you what they're saying, that they, these uh, individuals, uh, including James Comey, should be investigated for, but also why it matters to America and to you. But the other investi- other people who signed the letter include Andrew uh, Andy Biggs of Arizona, uh, Dave Bratt of Virginia, and I have a big thing to tell you about Dave Bratt in a second, uh, Representative Jeff Duncan uh, of South Carolina, Matt Gates of Florida, Paul Gosar of Arizona, uh, Andy Harris of Maryland, uh, Jody Heiss of Georgia, Ted uh, Rokita of Indiana, Claudia Tenney of New York, and Ted Yoho of Florida. The reason I want to say their names, because it was a brave thing to do and because they're going to get pushback and because, frankly, all of the members of the Republican caucus, the entire Republican representation in the U.S. Congress should have signed this letter. All of them. The idea that it took these brave people to point out there are crimes being committed right in front of our faces and we don't see much happening on the right side. To start out, I actually printed out the letter and have read it and highlighted it. So I want to tell you, they began the letter and it was addressed to the Honorable Jeff Sessions, our Attorney General, U.S. Attorney General, Christopher Wray, the Director of the FBI, so as to the Department of Justice and the FBI, and to Honorable John Huber, who was appointed by Attorney General Jeff Sessions uh, to look into the possibility of surveillance abuses by the FBI and the Department of Justice. So he's the guy designated by Sessions to look into this. This letter goes through charges that should be investigated related to James Comey. And just to summarize what they're saying about James Comey— Understand something. 
This letter went to the FBI and the Department of Justice because Congress now has information. The substance and content of the uh, the discovery, such as they've been able to get from the FBI, Department of Justice, the, the uh, information they've gained through their hearings, their questioning of witnesses. This is not speculative. When you read what they've charged, if you do go read the whole thing, and by the way, everything I'm talking about tonight is available on our website, AmericaCanWeTalk.org. But they're talking about straight out violations of federal law. Uh, if they were to be proven, James Comey, as one example, uh, talked about they, they say he should be char- considered to be charged for improper investigative conduct, potentially motivated by a political agenda. And they start the letter out, by the way, saying that they are especially mindful of the dissimilar degrees of zealousness that has marked the investigations into former Secretary of State Hillary Clinton and the president and the presidential campaign of Donald Trump. Yeah. Yeah, that's putting it mildly, uh, that dissimilar degree of zealousness, unbelievable. But what they basically say about Comey is that, number one, his motive um, in announcing last year in that big speech, or two years ago, the big speech we all watched in July of 2016, where he said there was no no reasonable prosecutor would bring charges against Hillary Clinton. He, they're talking about how that was motivated by an improper motive on his part uh, by a political agenda, which was to protect her. And actually, they go through specifically recounting dates of letters that he sent internally. They now have dates of stories that were leaked to the media, basically to make the point that the um, decision was made by the FBI, by Director Comey, to essentially never charge Hillary Clinton, exonerate her before they had even interviewed her, before they had even interviewed all the witnesses, the, the remaining, I think it was 15 or 17 witnesses after that. The, they, they can tell from the timing of the information they now have that that decision was reached long before uh, they, they had the evidence the, in front of them to decide whether she should be prosecuted. Uh, there's also in, in this letter referral to the DOJ uh, recommending that they investigate a former Hil- uh, Secretary of State Hillary Clinton, which is you know great news. I think a lot of crime she could be. Um, investigated for the one they mentioned this referral letter has to do with her failure to disclose her campaign's failure to disclose on their FEC, their election commission forms that they paid for the Trump dossier. We're going to have to go after a break already. We come back after break. I want to finish telling you how important this letter is. And then we're going to switch and talk to uh, about the um, Comey memos that are now out and the lawsuit, the Democrats, the audacity to file. Don't go away. Attention Ronald Reagan fans. What is the one item most sought after by Americans who love the Gipper? It's Young America's Foundation's Reagan Ranch Calendar. Young America's Foundation is the leading youth outreach organization dedicated to ensuring that increasing numbers of young Americans understand and are inspired by the ideas of individual freedom, a strong national defense, free enterprise, and traditional values. New audiences of young people across the country are introduced to conservative ideas through Young America's Foundation's programs, including the Reagan Ranch Program. The Reagan Ranch calendar contains spectacular images of the Gipper enjoying his beautiful 688-acre ranch, the Western White House. For a limited time, the calendar is free. Even shipping is free. To receive your beautiful Reagan Ranch calendar from Young America's Foundation, call 800-USA-1776 and mention the phrase Reagan Gift. Again, the number is 1-800-USA-1776 and Reagan Gift is the code. Learn more about Young America's Foundation at www.yaf.org. That's yaf.org. 
America guarantees each eligible adult citizen the right to vote. The Public Interest Legal Foundation, a 501c3 public interest law firm, is dedicated entirely to election integrity, to assuring that voter rolls include names of only citizens eligible to vote, and that protections are in place to prevent voter fraud of all kinds. The Public Interest Legal Foundation discovered that more than 1,000 non-citizens enrolled to vote in Virginia in just eight counties, and in Philadelphia, felons as well as non-citizens are on the voter rolls. Non-citizens have been registering to vote and voting. The Public Interest Legal Foundation is fighting nationwide and in Texas to ensure that only Americans pick American leaders. We are actively litigating high-impact cases to clean up voter rolls and protect the ballot box. If you do not want your vote canceled out, visit publicinterestlegal.org to join us in the fight to restore integrity to American elections. Protect your vote. Visit publicinterestlegal.org today. Do you know that one in nearly five United States residents lives in an immigrant household? That we take in more than one million new legal immigrants every year? Studying the impact of federal immigration program is the mission of the Center for Immigration Studies, the nation's only think tank looking at the broad national effect of immigration policy. Whether it's on crime, welfare, national security, or the job market, CIS digs out information about immigration from government sources, translates it into English, and makes it available to the public, the news media, and policymakers in Washington. Check out its work at CIS.org. CIS makes the case for better enforcement against illegal immigration and lower levels of legal immigration in the future. Most other special interest groups pursue the opposite. The only thing standing between them and open borders is an informed public. Get informed and stay informed by visiting CIS.org. That's CIS.org. Let me tell you about the group Vice President Mike Pence called the most effective grassroots pro-life organization in America. It's the Susan B. Anthony List, and they're the ones who are on Capitol Hill right now, day in, day out, to fight back against Planned Parenthood and the abortion industry. Every day in our nation, abortion takes more than 2,000 innocent lives, almost two every single minute of every single day. And Planned Parenthood is the largest abortion business in the country, committing one-third of all abortions. It's an unspeakable tragedy and a stain upon our nation and our humanity. And it's up to us to do something about it. This is your opportunity to join the team that's leading the charge to end abortion. Go to sba-list.org or Google Susan B. Anthony List now to learn more and start saving lives today. Can you hear us now? Can you hear us and welcome back to America Can We Talk. Okay, you know what? It's so funny. I will tell you, folks. I First of all, I love doing this show live. And every week as I'm getting ready on Sunday to do this show, I try to think, what is the most important story that happened this week? And try to hit that in the first five. And usually the story is far too important to actually cover. Uh, and and if I call it the first five because the first segment of my show is very short. I want to wrap up what we're, I was talking about, though, and finish that. Because I want to really leave you with is... It is easy, if you don't pay close attention to politics, 
to think that all is ha- that's happening in Washington is that the Democrats got their buddies together at the Department of Justice and the FBI, and they got Mueller and McCabe and a whole lot of them, and they're and Comey, and they're all working in their political side, and that they're fighting the other political side, and that is the Trump administration and the Republicans, and that this is all a just kind of ongoing political battle, tit for tat. You know, they say something, we say something, we fight back, they fight back. And it is so much more important than that. And that I, I just, I, I, I know I sound happy. I am happy that the Republicans that I mentioned in the opening uh, segment, the Republicans in the U.S. House who signed on to this letter, this notification, uh, this letter, refer- they referred, and so they're essentially asking the Department of Justice to investigate and potentially bring charges against certain people. What they are doing is not a political tit for tat. It is trying to hold the line so that we have we can maintain a justice system in this country still rooted in the rule of law. It is trying to crack down on and actually hopefully bring criminal charges against people who conspired, it appears, during the 2016 presidential election cycle to undermine President-elect Trump or the candidate Trump to help Hillary so that they simply ignored evidence. They exonerated her before they even investigated her. They decided she's the queen. She's the next president. She can't be charged. This is an utter slap in the face to the rule of law. And frankly, to all of the voters in America, given that President Trump won the election and the insurance policies people had in place continued to try, even after he won the election, tried to bring him down. That is what this letter and this effort to get the Justice Department to look at the conduct of these people. And I can't read all the charges. They're all, I could spend two hours explaining all these charges. I'm a lawyer by background. I think it's kind of interesting, but uh, probably not worth it on this show. But James Comey, you know, former head of the FBI, uh, very unhappy guy because he was fired, as I mentioned. You know, have an improper motive, lying to Congress, exonerating Hillary Clinton before she was even investigated. Hillary Clinton failing to make an honest statement on her FEC, her election commission forms, uh, acknowledging she uh, she tried to hide that they were the ones that paid for the uh, dossier. Uh, also, the uh, Loretta Lynch, who threatened an FBI informant um, who wanted to come forward and try to explain what he was figuring out that the Russians were trying to do to buy influence uh, through Hillary Clinton on the whole Uranium One deal. Hillary, again, Loretta Lynch, taking the side, a political side of her pals, instead of doing the right thing. Andrew McCabe, everybody knows you've been talking about him. Um, he is being referred already for, uh, in fact, there was already a decision uh, that was that grew out of the attorney, the inspector general's report to say he has to be investigated uh, for perjury, for lying under oath. Uh, Peter Strzok and Lisa Page, both FBI people. Um, there are many, 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 many text messages back and forth, clearly part of a plot to try to make sure that Hillary Clinton was exonerated, never got never was accountable for her actions. But the last thing I wanted to mention in, in this letter that the GOP folks sent, this letter of referral, they actually make reference to the Department of Justice and FBI personnel, all of them, all of them connected with the FISA warrant application. Basically, who signed on to this? Who 
perpetrated this fraud on the FISA court. So this is big stuff going on in the in the world and um, uh, in Washington. And then kind of all related to that, the two other stories that are related, I want to be sure to to um, talk about tonight. One, of course, was this past week, the um, the uh, Comey memos were released, uh, written uh, by uh, James Comey during time as FBI director. Um, And so those were released. Um, And then the other thing is that the Democrat Party is now suing the Trump campaign, the country of Russia, the um, the the WikiLeaks people and some other individuals affiliated with the Trump campaign. This whole DNC lawsuit. In fact, I'm going to cover this one first before I get to the Comey memos. The DNC lawsuit. If you don't understand what this is, there's all these different things floating around, but it's good to understand all of them. The Democrats decided on Friday. We're only here on Sunday. On Friday of this week, to file a lawsuit in federal court in Manhattan, suing. The Trump campaign, Russia, WikiLeaks, um, you know, Jared Kushner and one of Donald Trump's sons suing them over this alleged collusion argument, collusion between the Donald Trump campaign and Russia to impact the 2016 election. And I'm going to tell you, folks, this is an act of pure political hysterical desperation. They're only filing this because after over a year and a half of Mueller, Robert Mueller, special counsel Mueller, along with literally, it's like 17 attorneys, all left-wing, Hillary Clinton-loving, Obama-supporting uh, you know, Democrats. That's who is the Mueller team of lawyers is. And after a year and a half of investigation, they have exactly zip, zero, nada, none, no evidence that Donald Trump or his campaign colluded with the Russians. And this is now why they're so troubled is the Democrat plan was to have the public so outraged about you know Trump having done this and just so ready to turn on Trump that they thought the 2018 midterms that they would just they the Democrats would just you know f- fly in they would take over the House maybe even the Senate they would take over America again and they were gonna they're going to try to impeach Donald Trump the moment they had the majority in the House this is still their plan by the way to try to impeach him the moment they if they were to have the majority in the House which I'm gonna just go out on a limb right now and tell you i know it's only april 2018 i'm going to say the republicans are going to win the 2018 midterms republicans will maintain the majority in the u.s house and they will maintain the majority in the u.s senate barring barring some huge unforeseen suddenly discovered you know uh an instant we don't know about, but based on all the facts we know today, based on what we know, based on the fact that Mueller could not find anything that Donald Trump or his team did that constituted collusion, this whole narrative is falling apart, and more and more Americans are seeing this. So the Democrats are now in a hysterical effort to try to create a um, uh, try to create a, a basis to keep this in the news, to keep people thinking there must be something to it. Oh, look now the Democrats filed a lawsuit. Surely there's something to it. You know, the, their problem is they just could not believe on election day in November 2016 that Hillary Clinton lost. That's their entire problem. They thought they had this one. They thought they had the White House. They had no earthly idea that Donald Trump would win and win decisively. 
So this has been an effort since that time, since that election 2016, to say they will do everything and anything to destroy him. And they are shocked and flabbergasted. Now, I'll tell you something. I'm going to tell you the end of the show tonight. I'm going to run through a poll. But here is a little tease of it. The Democrats are now worried about even running on the issue of impeaching Trump, of even running on it, because not only does the American public not like it, even the voting Democrats don't like it. It was 47% of Democrats said they would not vote for a candidate who said they were going to impeach Trump. This is a beautiful thing. The Democrats are hysterical at this point because they thought they had this one and and frankly, everything's falling apart for them. In fact, now that the Comey memos have come out, it's not just that Mueller couldn't uncover any evidence that Trump colluded with the Russians or anyone his team colluded with the Russians. But the actual, you know, the worst thing is, is now becoming obvious that it was the Democrats who were in cahoots with the Russians, this whole Russian dossier silliness that Hillary Clinton paid for, this whole wiki, this, uh, you know, the entire, uh, okay, I got one, I'm going to go back one more second, one more second to this DNC lawsuit, which is a great, great thing to leave you with before we have to go this break again. And that is this, when you file a lawsuit, you, the person filing the lawsuit, you get discovery. You get to, you know, you, you're suing somebody. And so there are laws of discovery, what, you're, what documents you can find. You can dig in and ask for documents. But newsflash, so can Donald Trump and the other defendants in this lawsuit. And they can countersue against the Democrats. And the unbelievable thing is the Democrats have succeeded in this entire investigation of never, ever, ever allowing access to the DNC servers, the Democrat National Committee servers that would allow anyone to know who really hacked in. And this is something that Trump is going to go after because Trump has, I mean, he acts to me, he looks like an innocent guy. He talks like an innocent guy, a confident guy. And it may be that he, that they, that's the worst problem they have from this lawsuit is a discovery they have to answer. Don't go away. Come right back. Our nation faces a choice. The path of big government based out of Washington or the unique brand of liberty and prosperity enjoyed here in Texas. For 27 years, the Texas Public Policy Foundation has helped leaders in the Lone Star State prove that fiscal restraint and small government can deliver opportunity and prosperity for all. The Texas Public Policy Foundation promotes and defends solutions here and around the country based on liberty, free enterprise, and personal responsibility. Whether in the national debate on property rights, energy, taxes, education, or criminal justice, the foundation works to translate ideas into real change. The Texas Public Policy Foundation does not accept government funds or contributions to influence the outcome of its research. It is supported by thousands of people like you who are concerned about the future of our country. You can help Texas remain strong as the beacon of liberty in America. Visit TexasPolicy.com to learn more. If you want to get at the issues that really matter for women and men, go to IWF.org. That's the Independent Women's Forum. IWF is all about increasing the number of American women who value free markets and personal liberty. IWF's motto is all issues are women's issues. They bring a fact-based approach to politics, policy, and culture. When the left tried to peddle a phony war on women... 
IWF shot back with facts and figures. American women aren't victims in need of ever-increasing government protection. And IWF doesn't think things are perfect, but they believe that individual liberty is the key to prosperity and fulfillment. Along with their sister organization, Independent Women's Voice, IWVoice.org, which is a leader in the fight against Obamacare, they offer policy papers, op-eds, and a popular blog on issues of the day. So visit IWF at IWF.org. That's IWF.org. If there's one thing the conservative movement needs, it's a leader. And we have one, the Heritage Foundation. Hi, I'm Debbie Georgiatis. Heritage gets in the trenches on Capitol Hill. They promote principled solutions directly to lawmakers in Washington. And unlike politicians, they don't waver or compromise. But they're not a Washington institution. There are nearly a half million Heritage members and supporters in America. And they're on a mission to grow that number and build the conservative base. You can become a Heritage member by going to joinheritage.org today. I've been a member of Heritage myself for years. I have Heritage experts on my show, and I rely on their analysis to get the facts out. As a member, you'll get updates from Heritage Foundation on the fight for conservative solutions to America's challenges. Plus, you'll receive exclusive invitations to conservative events where you live. So join the growing movement. Find out more at joinheritage.org. That's joinheritage.org. There's a lot of talk today among media, in academia, in our culture, about everything that is supposedly wrong with America. Political correctness tries to dictate that we must stop thinking that America is exceptional. America's bravest have our back in the air, at sea, and on land. But who has America's back in the culture? In schools, on cable television, in newspapers, it's time to end the greatest prejudice on earth, anti-Americanism. And who makes the case for America? Flag does. Flag is the foundation for liberty and American greatness. Flag has America's back on the cultural battlefield. Flag is a nonprofit battle tank working to change the cultural and media narrative about America. If you think it's time to stand up for America, join the Foundation for Liberty and American Greatness. Your support of Flag is an investment in the America your children will inherit. Visit their website at flagusa.org and consider donating. All donations are 100% tax deductible. That's flagusa.org. And welcome back to America Can We Talk. I want to do just two more points about this story unfolding in Washington. Um, And, you know, again, I think that people, in fact, Hillary Clinton has benefited over her career in people getting fatigued with the profound depth and breadth of her corruption. People are, they get fatigued they get tired of thinking this could could it even could she even be this bad is it possible this is actually happening people get so fatigued that they don't necessarily they at some point they go okay whatever so of all the scandals that occurred with hillary clinton during the time her husband was president you know they had you had the fbi files it's just i mean i can't even start a list i I did this during the 2016 primary so many times Uh, you can go back to our shows to look but i mean just just corruption and scandal after scandal and no accountability and always the Hillary Clinton team got away with saying, can we just move on? We're done with this. And I, I will tell you folks, this whole effort, what the Democrats thought in 2016 was, 
Hillary was going to win. What they thought it was inside the FBI and Department of Justice was uh, some people in there were of the of the ilk of we're going to be sure that she wins. And if she doesn't win, we've got our insurance policy. We're going to take out Donald Trump. And this entire Mueller investigation, I think there's one key fact that I want to make sure, make very clear with you before I jump to my next story, which has to do with something in France, but I swear it relies to, uh, it is relevant to us. But one other key fact I want to, to have you ponder about with respect to this whole uh, investigation of uh, somebody hacking in to the, or someone interfering with the 2016 elections. You recall that during the 2016 um, election cycle, Many, many things, many emails that related to uh, John Podesta and other people in the Democrat campaign and Hillary's campaign, Democrat National Committee. A lot of those emails were released by WikiLeaks. Somebody hacked in and released those emails and sent them out to the world. And so people could see firsthand how truly creepy Hillary it really is. And many people surrounding her. They didn't like her. They didn't like her anyway. She always had very high negatives. People don't care for her. But on top of that, they saw what a nasty person. And she was. So this hacking into the DNC server, hacking into her campaign, this was a mind-blowing frustration for them. WikiLeaks sending these out. So you would think, because the entire premise of the Mueller special counsel was he's supposed to look into and figure out whether or not Trump and the Russians colluded to hurt Hillary Clinton's campaign, the WikiLeaks leaks being a huge part of it, you would think that Mueller or the FBI or, and the Department of Justice, which are obviously related, that somebody in government would have done the job, undertaken the responsibility to do the investigation into the DNC's servers, the Democrat National Committee servers, to say, Let's see what the evidence is. Let's see who hacked in to get a hold of all these emails to release them. But you would be wrong. The mo- I mean, the most telling thing to me of the entire, okay, maybe not the most telling, among the most telling things, the entire Mueller investigation, it tells you he never was pursuing truth, was that no one in government ever was given access by the Democrats to their servers. Leave a, let alone, why is it that the Democrats even got to, be the, got to say, sorry, you cannot examine our servers, which is a position they have taken. They've never released the DNC servers for investigation by any federal agency. The only entity that looked into those servers and reached a conclusion that it was the Russians that hacked into the DNC was a private organization hired by the Democrats called CrowdStrike. I've made this analogy in my show before, but it's like if the FBI knocked at my front door, had a search warrant, and I said, hey, wait a minute, you know what? I can't let you in, but I'm going to run down the street and find my good friend here. He's a, a uh, you know investigator, a private investigator. He'll search my house. I'll have him tell you whether or not there's anything here. This is what Hillary and the Democrats were allowed to get away with. So even as we speak today in 2018, this, you know, who really hacked in has not been solved. And if you want to say, oh, but all the federal agencies said so, those federal agencies were that came out with that report January 2017. That was the report came out that the hackers were indeed uh, the Russians. That report was Created by, not by an examination by the servers, uh, by, by any of the, anyone in government, but by the information CrowdStrike provided to 
Obama's former FBI Director Comey, CIA Director Brennan, and NSA Director Clapper. The three of them came up with that report. All of them now, whose integrity has been seriously damaged by their conduct since that time. And this is the only basis. These three in cahoots, Hillary-type people are the only ones that they wrote that. And they, again, their agencies did not examine the DNC server. So the, the Democrats might have really, uh, I mean, obviously they thought of this. They're not worried about it. I don't know why. But the Democrats really may be stumbling here if they're going to try to say, we are going to sue Trump and the entire GOP team over this hacking into our, you know, the, they're part of their collusion claim is hacking into their servers and releasing their emails, making them look bad. But... They, you know, the Trump team gets discovery back. They get to do discovery, too. And they may discover the Democrats may think they're going to be able to get some judge to say, no, you can't see the servers. But I don't know, folks. It's a very interesting thing. But I, but the, the larger point I always want to pull back and say is, and, you know, we're going to run out of time and talk about the Comey memos. Have to, we'll have to wait till next week. But the, the bigger point I want to make is it's not just I mean, politics can seem it's all nefarious and. And, you know, backstabbing and who backstabs better and who caught up and who got. But this is very serious stuff. If you trust America and the orderly transition of power in the systems and the procedures we've established in this country, you cannot have the national security agencies of our country, the Department of Justice, the FBI, the law enforcement agencies engaged in a protection racket for the uh, incumbent and the presumed victor and a absolute, you know, hit job against the uh, a, a political opponent. This is how third world, you know, uh, not even people don't like the <laughs> banana republic, but whatever term you want to use, this is not good enough for America. So those congressmen who sent a letter said we want an investigation, uh, they sent to the Department of Justice, we want an investigation. They're standing up, not just for the Republican side, but for trying to reinstate, reinstill the importance of the idea of the rule of law in America. OK, I only have three minutes left in this segment, but I want to tell you a story of something that happened in France and then I want to tie it in in the next segment to something happening right here in the good old USA. So in France, in this last week, this is changing subjects entirely, but in France this last week, a woman was pulled over by the police uh, for something driving. I don't know what she did. Anyway, pulled over, and they asked her for her license, and she had a poor, a, a really crummy photocopy of an ID. It wasn't like a real ID card. It was a, it was a photocopy. So then they said to her, you know, and she had on one of those, she, she's a Muslim woman, she had on one of those full face covering uh, burqas, and they said, you need to remove your veil. We have to be able to see your face. And she wouldn't do it. She said no. And so the police proceed to arrest. By the way, in France, they have outlawed those face covering burkas. You can't even have one on anymore. But, you know, she wasn't going to listen to that law. So they tried to remove her from the car. She started screaming um, and made a big uh, scene. And she was in an area outside of Paris, uh, which is a Muslim majority area uh, or one of the, uh, to put in plain English, the no-go zones that police aren't there very often. And she began screaming. A crowd gathered almost immediately the crowd got really really rough with this um trying to protect this woman not not to let the police arrest her um and they ended up having a massive riot a massive riot cars burned the police had to use tear gas to break up the crowd even to get the woman into the police car to get her arrested to get her down the station 
And the reason I tell you this story, because it isn't just this one incident, but it's a good example of it. And the the thing I want to talk about next is in France and in England, and I'm going to be telling you more and more of these stories, you've begun to see the damage done to the culture and civilization of Western civilization by people, they, they're using the expression, the Islamization of those countries, but by people who move into areas within, and they, they, we've you know, talked about no-go zones on this show before, move into areas in France, uh, in, around the big cities and other areas, and in England, they establish a, a Muslim-majority area. They, and then they do not want the police to ever come in that area. They try to establish this, no, we make the law here, not you. And so they have begun to challenge the right of their host country to have laws that apply to everyone. This is what was happening in this scene. They were telling these protesters, and this wasn't just a mild, you know, wave signs and, and yell slogans. This was, you know, fires in the street, cars burning, police attacked, huge, huge mob problem. Similar issue I want to tell you about in the next 10 seconds in Austria was a woman, an Austrian citizen, who gave a public statement speech in which she was talking about the impact of Islamization on her country, and she criticized the Prophet Muhammad, the founder of Islam, and she was prosecuted and convicted. Her name is Elizabeth Sabadish wolf She's been on the show before, convicted for insulting Islam. We can back after the break. I'm going to tell you why that matters to America. Come right back. America faces unprecedented threats to our national security. The Center for Security Policy, based in Washington, D.C., is a national leader focused on the organization, management, and direction of public policy coalitions to promote U.S. national security. The Center is a special forces in the war of ideas dedicated to identifying opportunities and challenges likely to affect American security and acting promptly to ensure that they are the subject of focused national examination and effective action. The Center enlists support from executive branch officials, key legislators, and other public policy organizations and brings these teams together to develop and shape policies that will keep America safe. Check out centerforsecuritypolicy.org for the latest news and developments brought to you by America's leading security experts. Becoming and remaining informed is one of the best ways every citizen can be a part of the mission to keep America safe. That's centerforsecuritypolicy.org. Texans have a long tradition of independence, and we don't like being told what to do, especially by liberal bureaucrats 1,000 miles away. That's why for 30 years, the Dallas-based Institute for Policy Innovation has fought Washington's efforts to take more of your money and freedom. IPI works every day to keep taxes low and freedom high, to promote free market health care, expand energy security, protect intellectual property, and combat onerous regulations that destroy American jobs. Politicians often talk smaller government, but then vote for more of it. By contrast, IPI has never veered from its mission to defend the Constitution and fight for freedom. If you want to be informed about free market policies and solutions, go to IPI's website and sign up. All of their information is free for sharing. Help IPI restore liberty and economic growth. Go to IPI.org today. That's IPI.org. One more time, go to IPI.org today. Could you lose your career because of your faith? Could your pastor be sued because of his sermons? Can students and teachers be punished because of what they believe about God? 
can the government or even your employer force you to violate your beliefs? Get the answers and, if necessary, legal protection from First Liberty Institute. First Liberty is the nation's largest legal organization dedicated exclusively to restoring religious freedom in America. In fact, First Liberty's nationwide network of top attorneys win over 90% of their cases. They've won at the Supreme Court all the way down to local schools. Visit FirstLiberty.org to learn more about how First Liberty is protecting religious freedom for all Americans in the workplace, public schools, your church, the military, and more. That's FirstLiberty.org. If you want hope for religious freedom and a free listing of your rights, go to FirstLiberty.org now. Attention Ronald Reagan fans. What is the one item most sought after by Americans who love the Gipper? It's Young America's Foundation's Reagan Ranch Calendar. Young America's Foundation is the leading youth outreach organization dedicated to ensuring that increasing numbers of young Americans understand and are inspired by the ideas of individual freedom, a strong national defense, free enterprise, and traditional values. New audiences of young people across the country are introduced to conservative ideas through Young America's Foundation's programs, including the Reagan Ranch Program. The Reagan Ranch calendar contains spectacular images of the Gipper enjoying his beautiful 688-acre ranch, the Western White House. For a limited time, the calendar is free. Even shipping is free. To receive your beautiful Reagan Ranch calendar from Young America's Foundation, call 800-USA-1776 and mention the phrase Reagan Gift. Again, the number is 1-800-USA-1776 and Reagan Gift is the code. Learn more about Young America's Foundation at www.yaf.org. That's yaf.org. And welcome back to America Can We Talk. I'm Debbie Georgiatis. Okay, so the reason I want to tell you that story about what happened in France um, was twofold. Uh, one is, I'm going to be talking more and more about this uh, on this show, about the idea of the Islamization um, observed process, uh, the Islamization of Western European countries, um, and we're all watching it happen here from America. You hear stories. I mean, I, I, I have um, articles at home. I decide not to bring the whole pile tonight. But, I mean, you know, it is since 2001, since the time of our the attack on America and our um, September 11th, there have been, you know, dozens and dozens, if not hundreds, of, of attacks committed on Native citizens of, of England, France, Austria, Germany, Finland, Sweden, you know, all over Western Europe uh, by people who are refugees there who are bringing a very different Islamic culture, uh, not just bringing a different culture, but expecting to impose their culture on the native citizens of those countries. And that uh, the expression used in, in the very um, the, you know high academic circles is, is this concept of Islamic supremacism. It is the idea that people who are active in Islam can and they feel they must and should impose their values on the host country. And, you know, we I'm going to have a guest in a few weeks who's going to talk a lot more about this. Um, and I've talked about it, as you know, many times on the show. But, you know, um, the, the concept of of the notion that in Western countries in America and England and France, all over Western Europe, we had cultures that grew out of the of the history of, of Judeo Christian um, culture and ideas and values, and the world is struggling watching what's happening in Western Europe. I want to finish this story about Austria and then tell you something happening right here in the gold, good old U.S. of A. 
But to finish, this woman, who's actually, she's actually been on our show, Elizabeth Sabadich-Wolf, but she is an Austrian woman, uh, a native uh, woman and, uh, of Austria, and she began trying to speak up about what was happening to Austrian culture, what was happening to their country, what was happening to their uh, rule of law, what the changes made that were just um, it, it, the attempts to impose Islamic culture um, on Austria. And then on top of that, the, the um, recognition that the police Police often will not help. Um, they, they, the police are bullied. And this situation in France, I mentioned, I mean, France has had ongoing problems for decades now in Islamic majority neighborhoods with extreme violence uh, and an and assertion by authorities in, uh, in, those, in, in Islamic majority areas that these are no-go zones. We, the, the Muslim immigrants, we tell you, the French authorities, and the British authorities, same thing happening in England, you know, whether or not you can come here and whether or not you can come in and, and you, you're not safe, police officers, if you come in our areas. It is, it is like setting up their own little islands of self-government. With it. And this, this was um, chronicled in a wonderful book by Raheem Kassam um, called No-Go Zones. He's been on the show um, twice, I think, but he wrote this book, No-Go Zones. He went and visited, and he grew up in a, in a Muslim family, but he went and visited these areas and said, yes, it's a serious problem, this aggressive Islamization of Europe. So Elizabeth Sabadich-Wolf was trying to talk about that in Austria, trying to help people understand what was happening and that they had a right to stand up for themselves. They better defend themselves before things got really bad. Well, because of the pressure of the uh, Islamic uh, uh, you know, forces or people in those countries, laws have been changed. So in Austria, it is actually illegal to, to uh, speak negatively about Islam about the, the religion. So she got prosecuted for saying in public true facts, true stories about Muhammad's life. And so she not only was con- uh, prosecuted for saying something bad about Islam, or that the Islamic people did not agree with, didn't like, but her conviction was upheld all the way to the Supreme Court of Austria, the highest court in Austria, and she took her case to the highest court of the European Union, the Court of Human Rights. And, and that court upheld her conviction. They said, yes, you can be convicted for saying things about Islam, even if true, if, if, if Muslims don't like it. That's what the standard is being set in Europe. And so I'm raising these things to say, when you hear about people in America trying to raise the alarm bell about the Islamization of America, that's what they're talking about. They're talking about watching the cultures, and the, I'm sure if you haven't read, you, you sh- if you haven't read, you should go research. But you have probably heard the stories and read about the increase in violence. They have uh, increased in, in all sorts of violent conduct uh, committed by um, Islamic men against women who, who are live in these countries. There has in these countries in Western Europe who welcome the refugees because they, they some of them are really fleeing violence. Some of them are just using this uh, refugee situation situation as an, a, a way, as a convenient tool to get themselves into these countries where they are then taking advantage of the uh, laws of the country, the welfare system. I mean, we could spend, we, we are going to spend a whole show in a few weeks just talking about this issue. But I raise all this to say, I want to tell you something that's happening that has happened in America, which I think is very, very, very troubling. So there's a gentleman, a guy, um, whom I do not know, but his name is Brad Anderson. Brad Anderson uh, is a very successful American businessman. 
He, after a career of working, he'd been the CEO of Best Buy. I mean, to work your way up from wherever you started to be CEO of a company, it means you put in years of work, years of proving your, your skill in business. You learn, you hold different positions, you work your way up to become a CEO of a company because you've shown that you, you understand business, you understand how to make it successful. So he has been, uh, was on the, um, he was a CEO of Best Buy. He, uh, in, I think it was 2016, he made a donation to a group called Secure America Now. Secure America Now uh, was, you know, a, a political group, a, a, and they eventually, that group, Secure America Now, ran ads uh, that were pro-President Trump, and they included in those ads their concerns, their, and I don't know how they were worded. I haven't seen the ads. I just know the way they're described, including their concerns that there was a growing threat of Islamization in America. This is, you know, the backdrop, of course, is all of us who pay any attention to the news are recognizing what happened in, you know, in Paris and with Charlie Hebdo, what's happened in England. We have stabbing attacks. We have trucks driving into crowds. We have the huge bombings in Paris. We and, and we had Brussels, the airport bombing. We've had bombs and attacks and bombs and attacks all over Western Europe conducted by the Islamic refugees or people who even settled in this country, but they ha- that those countries, but they have a, and a very aggressive uh, Islamic ideology motivating them. They do it in the name of Islam. They say they do it in the name of Islam. So that, that's the backdrop. This group, Secure America Now, puts out ads just saying, we have to be awake in America. We cannot be unwilling to recognize that this could happen here. So they had, uh, they have ads trying to make that one. And there were people, these ads were targeted at swing state voters trying to get them to vote for President Trump, the now President Trump, because they viewed him to be more more willing to crack down the problem, more willing to, in fact, he talked about the danger of Islamic refugees, the need to hold off from bringing refugees here. We had San Bernardino happen. People recognized that was, you know, we, we opened our arms to refugees and we had the San Bernardino massacre at Christmas time. So we don't have, it wasn't as though there was no backdrop. So he, he anyway, so this guy, Brad, uh, Anderson was the CEO of Best Buy. He then became, because he was so successful, serving on many boards of uh, board of directors of, of companies, of big companies. He served on the board of directors of General Mills, you know, huge company, obviously, General Mills, the Mayo Clinic, and the Minnesota Public Radio Board. So he's a successful guy serving on major boards, I mean, huge boards, and some organization that, uh, you know, uh, fancies itself a um, you know a watchdog. They're called the Center for Responsive Politics. You know, left wing, but they dug in to the tax filing of Secure America Now and came across the donation made by this guy Brad Anderson, this this former Best Buy CEO, board member of all these prestigious organizations. First of all, as a small aside. If you're willing to serve on the board of NPR or Minnesota's public radio, you're not some raving conservative. I mean, most conservatives don't do pay a lot of attention to, to national public radio because they think it's biased to the left. So this guy is probably not a, a super conservative. And he said, when questioned, he had no idea what the ads were. He donated to Secure America Now. I think it was $25,000, whatever it was. He made a donation in 2016. He's now been forced 
to resign from those boards. He's no longer. He had to step down as a board member of the Minnesota Public Radio, Mayo Clinic, and General Mills. And I think a few more, but I didn't find the rest of the list. But the point I'm making is this. This isn't yet our laws changing. This isn't yet our laws in America saying you can't say anything negative about Islam. But it's the beginning of a cultural shift in at least two ways. One is that there is enough pressure, support for, Islam, for Muslim Americans. And I want to make a big distinction. Plenty of Muslims are not violent. They don't commit jihad. They don't do terror. That's not who I'm talking about. I'm talking about the ones who mean us harm, like the San Bernardino, like the many other ones I can list, except I don't want to take time right now. But the point is, we're at a place in our culture where these people feel comfortable saying, We are going to put public pressure, massive pressure on boards of major organizations based on not even words he said. He didn't even say anything that anyone has pointed out, anything negative in his own words. He just made a campaign. He made a a contribution to an organization, but driven off the boards. So we have that level of Islamic aggression that level of intolerance for anyone daring to say anything negative. And again, he didn't even say anything. He donated money. But finding his name on a list of donors is enough to force him off these boards. But number two, I want to say, what is wrong with these boards? All of them. They ought to be standing up and saying, we in America have a First Amendment right. He has a right to make a donation like that. He has a right. And you know what else? He has a right to be concerned about the impending Islamization of America. He has a right to say, I don't want America to become Bastille Day in France. I don't want America to become the problems they're having in London. I'm okay standing up for America. But so far, what's happened is this aggressive force in America has won out. And guys like Brad Anderson are off their boards. And this, folks, is dangerous for all of us. I'm Debbie George Ass. America Can We Talk? Come right back. Talk to you and start the next hour. <laughs> 